Margie Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. We're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. Oh, whatever it is. Hello and welcome to the Mikey Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode number 80, the first episode of 2023. Um, if you're listening to this, you got through 2022. Uh, and no better to welcome into the new year than um, long-time um, co-worker, I guess, in the comedy scene. First time you've been on the podcast in probably since its early stages. Chris Moulton, how you doing? Hello, good to be here. How are you today? How crazy is that intro? It took longer than most most of my um, mo- most of my intros. So there you go, kicking. Hey, that's the the theme of twenty twenty. It's the sign of a good podcast. The longer the intro, the better the podcast is. I was listening today to Scroobius Pip doing yep. his end of year special with uh, Adam Buxton and Richard Herring, all mm-hmm. on the one podcast, like yep. the three kings of British talk interview podcasts. And it's a good episode. It's a double episode. It's interesting, yep. but the introduction was hours long very very long introduction i was like hey scroobius <laughs> trim that up a little bit what do yeah. i know he's one of the biggest podcasters in the world and i'm drinking coffee in Geraldine. yep exactly and also listen to um how people didn't have to they could didn't have to listen to ads to get so like enjoy the intro while it's just an intro because one day maybe there'll be ads before that and you'll have to wait to get through ads before you hear the intro oh god so if you just raw dogged the intro then um you're in at the ground level welcome (laughs) i was slightly above the ground level now i've been running this now like i mentioned before um the uh you've been first time you've been on since like the early inception of the podcast i mm, think it was mm. less than episode 10 when you're last on um and that was with taylor and nick and nick, the three yeah, blind men that was a, that was a wild podcast there's a lot of competing energy in the room and we were doing it on a stage yep holding microphones that's right yeah. which is very different to the current setup yeah that's right yeah it's evolved over. so i used to do the podcast before the basement open mics like yes. so whoever wanted to be on was kind in of the back room in the back room yeah. have you thought about um you thought about doing other comedy shows in the back room since it is a more condensed space yes yeah so coming into this year um we'll be doing more back room um comedy um options like i've got a couple of ideas for like a more intimate comedy show like not yep. not so much like traditional stand-up i think that um the venue wants to keep that in the front room and grow that audience um but more like intimate like roast battles and stuff in the back yep. room i think, I think that'd be cool. also that could be a place for amateur canberra comedians to shoot because it's a enclosed space you could set up audio good yeah, yeah good good audio it's got a deck it's got all that stuff there if you set it upright, someone could film a like a, a first special in there. Yeah. Because you can pack people in there, make it feel good, put three or four cameras in there, a GoPro behind, a GoPro on the side, and you've suddenly got this enclosed, Multiple. you know, interesting little setup. Yeah. Yeah. My initial, um, my initial plan was to film my first solo show there. Mm-hmm. However, the problem was when it came to dates, there was just none that were like optimal for ticket sales and stuff. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't at the time want to um, do like a like a first show on like a Thursday night. I'd prefer to do it at Smith's on a Sunday than there on a Thursday. 
um, okay, yeah, just yeah. for how I did it, and yeah, also yeah. it just happened so well that like it happened to fall on the exact five year anniversary at the same venue when I started. Yes, so okay. I was just like, I just have to like I'll do that, and then the plan is eventually to do another recording in that back room because that's um, although it wasn't when I where I started, I've got like a lot of um, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do like intro stuff, like um, what I am or who I am for people who don't know who I am. I mean, it, obviously everyone knows who I am, but yeah, yeah. people who don't know who I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for, uh, yeah, for people that don't know, what, um, how could you first of all describe, uh, well, first of all, how long have you been doing comedy for? So I started doing uh, stand-up comedy in 2017 yep. at Smith's Alternative, the old Smith's Alternative before they renovated. Mm -hmm. Started showing up at some open mics. I had uh, hosted a trivia night at work and had to write some jokes for that and thought, oh, this is actually really good. So I'd been doing comedy in my life in short films and writing and short stories and everything since I was for since forever. Yep. That's always been a thing. So I've been writing comedy stuff my whole life and suddenly doing it on stage. I was like, oh, I actually might like this. Yeah. So 2017, I think, was the first. First. First open mic. And then first festival-related thing was probably 2019. Mm -hmm. with Nick Schuler and Taylor Coftree yep. doing the Three Blind Men. Uh, we went, did Canberra Comedy Festival, went to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, did two weeks down there. Big eye-opener in terms of what that's like. Mm -hmm. Saw a lot of shows. And then obviously 2020, COVID came along. Yep. <laughs> Cancelled the first solo show, which was going to be called Bin Juice, mm -hmm. which is from the famous aeroplane <laughs> binge coffee binjo, which I'm actually drinking some bin juice right now. So. Yeah, I actually got that ready for you. I've had that waiting since 2019. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. It's Hang a, on to it. Yeah, yeah that's should wait thing. until the super vaccinated garbage baby comes out. Oh, God. The actual. <laughs> they helped make the uh, bin juice. They are. Yeah, well, there's bins. There's it's garbage. just one. They just identify as they. They have a pro Their pronouns are they. All my content is related to garbage and trash and bins <laughs> exactly, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I just am that in real life. My content's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. But yeah, so, so yeah, started five years ago now, almost coming up to six next August. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, awesome. That's so just before me, actually. Like I think it was November. It was all around the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that like that end mid mid the sort of the end of twenty seventeen is when you, me, Nick, Taylor, we all started around then. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. And I, I'm. It's interesting because back then, like you could start a month before someone and still have the same amount of stage time because if you didn't time it right, there was a mic that got cancelled or something. Oh, there was so few. There was there was the uh, the front had a couple and then shut down yep and the uh smiths was only once a month and uh what was the one the, the, the one? phoenix the phoenix yeah that's what it's called there was the phoenix and they were the only open mics you could do and it was all over the place hey phoenix was like maybe we'll have one this week maybe it'll be like it was once a month but it would always change like exactly well it used to frankie frankie mcnair yeah. used to run it and she was um she was keen for more stage time so she yeah. was started putting them on twice a month yeah and that was really good. They were on a, was it a Wednesday or a Tuesday? Thursday, I think. No, Tuesday. Tuesdays. Tuesday, yeah. They were Tuesdays. And so we'd, we'd rock up there on a Tuesday. And some of those lineups, you would have, I've, I've been at the at the Phoenix on an open mic. Yeah. And you'd have Chris Ryan, Frankie McNair, Emma Holland, Nick Shuler, Taylor Coftry, Tom, Anthony Tomic, Andrew Bensley. Yeah. Harris you know, Stuck. Harris Stuckey. Um, James Stark. McMahon. Um, you know. 
us jokers, Maddie Weeks, you know, a lineup that Bill Macon, Bill Macon, fucking yeah, of course, legend Bill. Like all these people, I'm forgetting names here, but yeah. just people where you're like, oh, half those people are on gala shows and road shows now, yeah, yeah. and there were six people in the Phoenix <laughs> yeah. watching it, you know, um, just going, what you know, playing pool or drinking and talking at the back, yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. just doing this stuff, going, oh, you guys don't care, okay, well, no one, I guess, no one knew it was on, yeah. Sometimes yeah. a few people would show up, but yeah, but like it would always be like it was weird. You get people like that were just walking by that would be like, oh fuck, what's going on in there? Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was a and also in, it was in that weird place, you know what I mean? Like it was just like a similar place to Sideway now, but um. It's like a different vibe, like a sideway being upstairs. Yeah, because sideways it, upstairs, it's a bit removed from the class. bus interchange vibe. Whereas, yeah. uh, you were part of the bus interchange. Was in the bus basically, interchange. Basically, it was basically a bus stop. It was a bus stop. Yeah, there's glass there. You could see out when they didn't close the curtain, which they often didn't. Yeah, everyone says, "Oh, bring back the Phoenix." It's like, oh, I don't even think the people who ran the Phoenix wanted the Phoenix to be. Yeah, yeah. Like it was. Bizarre, and you'd win if you got voted best on the night, which was a funny thing. You would get a fifty originally a hundred dollar bar tab, but then as the bar got uh, started to struggle more and more, it became a fifty dollar one. Mm. And I won that one week and went back two weeks later to use it. And they said, "Oh, this is only for on the night." I'm like, "What?" It's awarded at the end of the night. Yeah, awarded at the end of the night, and you have to use it immediately. <laughs> so, oh, what, you want me to get drunk on a Tuesday night? I don't yeah. even drink. And After 9.30. Yeah, like, yeah, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night, here, get hammered. Here's $100 worth of alcohol and a dirty glass. It's probably not a dirty glass. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. What are they going to do? Now, um, I, I, I remember the... So, I never went to the Phoenix for comedy when it was where it um they used to be bigger like the phoenix before the fire before the fire i but i went there for a gig one night and um ended up watching my mate like try and break up a fight with two dudes from Mooseheads out the front of phoenix that was a pretty fun time yeah that sounds amazing yeah it was yeah. also on a tuesday night and um Always is. yeah but i never i only went there I don't know if they ever did comedy when it was how it used to be in the original setup. I only went there after they'd had, like, the fire and changed the layout. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I remember the old Phoenix, you'd walk in and the bar was, like, to the right as soon as you walked in. And, um, yeah, it was, like, a completely different setup. And then by reducing yeah. the the layout, they sort of changed the whole vibe of the place. Oh, it completely changed. It used to be a proper venue where you could have gigs and stuff. It was still a shithole, but, I mean, in a, in a nice yeah. way. Um, it, it always felt like the kind of place where homeless people could walk into mm. and still, you know, feel fine. Yeah, yeah. There was never, accepted. there was no class. There was no classes. In, um, one yeah. thing about that first gig I went to at the Phoenix, funny mm. story about that. The band we watched, it was like their first ever gig. Yeah. And they had like six songs and they did really well. And they were like encore and they're like, well, we don't have any other songs. And then someone goes, play the first one again. So they're like, all right, we're about to do the lamest thing ever. We're playing the first. Song I don't think that's game. that lame. That's good. It's all those people are drunk anyway. They hardly, yeah, yeah, yeah. They hardly. That is an actual encore, an encore of the first song. Yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Girlang, how long have you been in Girlang for? 
Uh, I've lived here for a couple of years now, like nearly two years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's there's roadworks from my place to here on a Saturday. Mm. The roads are full of cars. I was yep. driving here. I'm like, God, how many podcasts are on this morning? There is cars everywhere, <laughs> all just going off to record a podcast. Yeah. Everyone's got a podcast these days. And it's more potholes than podcasts. Well, they're trying to fix it. I guess yeah. Baldwin Avenue Drive is yeah. it Baldwin it's, Drive? It's, I think it's Drive. Named after the the late great. Alec, who's neither late nor great, <laughs> running me late on the fucking roadworks. <laughs> Later and greater. Yeah, God. Um, fucking Alec Baldwin, huh? So I was late, late yeah. for the podcast. Apologies yeah. again. Apologies, yeah. listener. If you're listening to this a little bit late, that's my fault. I'll take full responsibility. <laughs> uh, you can rest easy. Uh I don't even have my own car. I drove here in my dad's car. You would have heard how loud the yeah, exhaust I, was. Yeah, I heard right? it rolling up. I was oh, just it's, like, it's insane. It's like a Lancer Rallyard, which has the same engine as an Evo. Yeah, yeah. The Evo 10. Uh, but it's only the drivetrain of the Evo 9. Shock right. horror. As though that's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And then it's got the SST gearbox yep, yep. Uh, from the Evo 10. And it didn't have good suspension stock. That was one of the things they lowered, they got rid of. And so my dad just put like two and a half grand coilovers in it. And uh, a three-inch exhaust and a tune, so it's 280 kilowatts at the wheels. Wow. Which is, as you know, in an all-wheel drive Mitsubishi rally car, yeah. absolutely insane. You can't use any of that on the road. You just, okay, I'm up to speed limit already, just constant. Yeah, yeah. So I'm driving that because I hit a kangaroo yeah, so Wednesday week ago, about 10 happened? days ago. What happened? So transit bar. Uh, where we do comedy sometimes. Yep. I was there just to watch, watching the great, I was going to say the late great, but he's not late at all, uh, Jacques Barrett. Have you seen yep. him live? Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Uh, at Civic Pub when he did there. Oh, when he was emceeing for Tom Gibson headlining about five years ago, yeah? Uh, or was it another time? I think it, that's the only time he's done. It was once before, between now and then. Oh, he did a headline spot yeah, there he too. Okay, yeah. he is as good, if not better, than any other comedian in the country. Yep. Absolutely insane. If you are listening to this and you don't know anything about Jacques, about follow him on instagram follow him Hilarious, on facebook yeah. if you can see him this festival season see him he's recording his special i think up in newcastle from mm. what he said yep it's called okay. his show right now his current hour is called the special <laughs> which is so great because it's referring to himself as oh yeah, he's yeah. the chosen one but it's just hey did you watch the special yet? yeah yeah so yeah. good so clever. but also to comedians it's like an inside joke as well like he's literally covering all the bases he's covering everything which he does a lot like when i've never seen it's, it reminds me, actually, of when I used to watch Ostentatious in the early 2000s, the, the levels, and a lot of people who don't know a lot about Ostentatious won't realize how clever and smart and amazing his live shows probably still are at times, yeah. but really used to be. When you'd go see him in the early 2000s, it was just insane. Anyway, it's that same level of very uh, able to appeal to any audience. Yeah. To find the people who are like, nah, mate, this is Australia. They, they will die laughing. And mm. then the people who are like, actually, we want to be more careful about the things we're saying and thinking, you're laughing. You'll, you know, he's just got so much gear. I'm not going to do any of it yeah. here, obviously, because there's nothing worse than doing another comedian's <laughs> gear on a podcast to show how good they are. <laughs> but he was headlining. He's a version um, of his stuff. <laughs> yeah, he is a worse version of the thing I'm trying to promote to make it look. Anyway, so Transit Bar, Can Canberra Comedy Club. MC'd that night, I think, by um, the fantastic Sarah Eisen, who's getting better and better at everything she does, you right. know, really improving. So, you know, maybe maybe one of the best MCs in Canberra right now. She's just been doing so much MCing. Okay. Yeah, just really just 
I was, I, I saw her MC. I hadn't seen her MC at the Canberra Comedy Club before. Mm. And there was 80 people in there and she just ran it like, if you didn't know anything about her, that she was a journalist up at Parliament House and all that, you'd be like, is this, did they bring her in from interstate as well? Right. Yeah, it was yeah. just, just energetic, moving around, all that stuff. Yep. Really just strengths to strengths. Anyway, I'm, bra I'm talking too much about other comedians. <laughs> Setting the scene. Good gig. Had a chat with everyone afterwards. Uh, dropped another comedian home. Yep. They had a guitar, forgot the guitar, dropped, turned, started driving home, turned back, dropped the guitar back, driving home, looking up at the moon, going, oh, the moon's so bright. Oh, my God. Fucking kangaroo jumps out at 80 kilometers an hour, just jumps out of a bush in front of me. Like, Oh, shit. And in retrospect, if there was footage of this, I was probably all my fault and I probably could have stopped. Didn't feel like it at the time. Mm. 80, probably slowed down to 50, 60 before doo -doo, in my Mitsubishi Colt rally art. Yep. Um, all the family seem to have rally arts. Yeah. My sister up in Brisbane has Mitsubishi also family, a Mitsubishi yeah. cult rally art. Um, <laughs> well, the problem was with that, I had a cult rally art and my sister had borrowed it and driven it. And then yeah. she, when she went to try and buy a car, yeah. every test, every car she test drove, she's like, oh, this is shit compared to my brother's cult rally art. Yeah. So she just ended up buying a secondhand cult rally art because for that price, yeah. everything was trash comparatively. Them. Yeah, it's so good. Anyway, I managed to fuck mine up. It's now at the towing yard getting assessed uh, in a couple of days. We'll see if I get it repaired, if they can find the vented. Oh, shit. You know, it's got that Evo 9 yeah, hood. Yeah, I know the one. Which yeah. is quite rare these days. I bought days. shirts out of the back of it once. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a different one. This is a silver one. I sold the black one because it was oh. getting up and the um, the exhaust manifold had a crack in it. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was going to fix it and keep going. And they said, look, it's got 230,000 kilometers on it. This type of thing may keep happening. And I said, yeah, okay. And I found a silver one up in Brisbane mm. with only 70,000 Ks on it for eight grand. Yeah. Now it's 17 grand. You know how the, the ridiculous yeah, yeah, jumping crazy. car yeah, prices, yeah. you wouldn't be able to get one that with that many Ks for, for less than 15. Yeah, yeah. But I got it for eight. Yeah. Sold my black one for 11 because mm. it was a little bit later. I held on to it till the prices went up, yeah, which is, yeah. feels like stock market. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Avoided having the car behind me run into me. They pulled over Lucky. to see if I needed any help. Worst thing in the world, the kangaroo just got a broken leg and just lay in the middle of this 80-kilometer-hour oh, thing, and it was the most traumatic, horrific thing. Uh, listeners, if you're a bit squeamish, fast forward. Mm. I am going to talk about it. I didn't know what to do because I was freaking out about like Not freaking out, but I just yeah. thing, had this shock. And then suddenly another car's coming, and I'm trying to wave them off to not I mean, I didn't know what this probably was the best thing for them to hit it again, just to kill it because parks were just going to come kill. Like the ACT government yeah, yeah. weren't going to save its life. No. It had a broken leg, yeah, like snapped broken leg. And it was just lying there. And then it just got smashed by this fucking four wheel drive. And it was still alive after that, except its fuck? leg had got ripped off and thrown down the road. What the fuck? And it was in agony. And then another car came and hit it. Thank God. And it died. But I was like, this is horror movie stuff. That I felt like I was in saw, dude. Yeah. It was the worst. I don't know if it's therapeutic talking about it. Yeah. It's definitely not therapeutic listening to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, For I don't know. me, some people might like it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty, pretty hard. But um, yeah, don't have the car anymore. I had to wait for this towing guy. Shout out to whatever the guy's name is. I can't remember now. Braden or something. I don't remember like his a, name. Probably um, Brad. Brad's a tow tow guy. Now, it was similar to that. He was a big, he was a big chunky dude, yeah. young dude, and he's big Brad. Yeah, he yeah. seemed like he showed up about two hours after the crash, and um, seemed like if you were a bad writer mm. and you had to write, 
yep. a tow truck driver. That's who showed up. Yeah, okay. He was guy. like, hey, guys, how are we doing? Well, yeah, no, I've been... I've got tow trucks in my, 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 my blood. My dad used to do the tow trucks. My parents were split up. And summers, I just was in the truck, in the truck. I'm like, is this a thing? Is tow trucking in the family? Like, can you be a tow truck person? It's like, oh, from father to father to father. It's like, what? What? Tow trucks haven't even been around for that long. He's like, oh, the coppers the other day, I was picking up a car and I said, don't stand there, mate. And he stood there and I had to fucking, once the cable snapped, I hit him, I dove, we hit the ground, he tried to get up, I held him down. I told the other coppers, you stay right there. And then the cable went and flipped all over the place. It would have cut him in half. I'm like, what is going on? Look at my dad. And my dad's looking at me because my dad came to pick me up in his uh, Lancer Rally Art Beast. Uh, we're just looking at each other. This, is this a real... This guy was awesome, though. Yeah. I'm not saying it is a bad thing. Awesome, but yeah. But he just seemed like if I had written all of these things, you would say, that's super unrealistic for yeah, that to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one's going to show up as a fucking tow truck driver and talk the way he has <laughs> and be the person he was. Outrageous. It was all from from go to woe. Oh, you're lucky. I was just about to get in the shower and go to bed. Yeah, I got the call and I had headed out. Just every single thing was every cliche of what you would imagine. I was like, is this even real? Like, my life has become a, a weird series of... Anyway, so that's... Yeah, driving around, not my car, don't find out, dead kangaroos, trauma, got to bed at 5am and I'm still fucked from that. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. That's why I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the potholes and repairs, um, the other cars that hit the roof, were they damaged at all? Like the, um, no, I don't know about the It was lying drive, down but... with its head up, like it was lying down like on its side. Like, like it was paint relaxing. me like one of your French girls. Yeah, exactly. Thing. It was sitting like that, like trying to prop itself up, but not knowing it couldn't move. Yeah. And it just got cleaned up. Like, I think it might've, there was no resistance at that point. They yeah. just got snapped back. It yeah. Like just hammered. Oh, it's and the leg just kept getting hit and broken over and over again by more and more cars. It was just so awful. That's really, fucking wild. Really distressing. Cause it was looking at me like, dude, help me. I'm an icon. I'm an Australian icon. Uh, and said, I said, hey. I'm on the 50 cent piece. Yeah, dude. I don't even, is that true? I'm on the M. Who has it? I haven't seen a 50 cent piece since 2008. Money. What? Yeah. Who's got money? That's crazy. A 50 cent. Can you even use a 50? You go to a shop and they're like, your money's no good here, mate. Most places. <laughs> I want a gold coin or nothing. 50 I, cent pieces. Yeah. How many sides are on a 50? I don't know. Is it 12? No, more than that. More? No. 12's a lot. Yeah, I think there's more than twelve. I reckon there's got a fifty cent piece here in the in the Yeah, in the open that drawer. Yeah, See that in. little safe that says keep out? Put that on the table. Okay, we're 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 going into the there's a vault. We've opened the vault and there is a fifty cent piece here. We're gonna count the edges of a fifty cent okay. piece. Okay. Alright, let's do this. So what I'm gonna do, te technique I learned. Just do half. Half. Yeah, yeah. genius. Do a quarter and quadruple it. Oh. How many are we going for? Is there? 16? I just counted three on one quarter. Oh, so we know it's twelve. It's a dodecahedron. <laughs> There's twelve on there. You actually got it. Right. Yes, beautiful. There we go for the. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> yeah. And there, and when we say there's a kangaroo, there's a fucking iatsis logo. That's not a kangaroo. Yeah, this isn't a standard. How disrespectful! One. Use this one. How disrespectful! There we go. There we go. Because oh, it's the full emblem. That's the emu as well. There's no the kangaroo doesn't have its own coin though, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. No. It was actually it was this dude, his yeah. father, his father. Oh it's shit! Like the that was the guy. guy. This was his dad. Oh dude, yeah. The, the reason I have this is, have you ever got a? Do you remember in 2008 when you last handled coins? And one of them was slightly different. 
Oh yeah, this always. is my life of every different coin oh, I've ever gotten. Yeah, living it up. Yep, it's actually quite a lot of money there. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not huge. What is it like eighty dollars? Probably about that. Yeah, or maybe not even. Because this stacks up quick, but then yeah. it gets less. It gets less, less and, and less. less. And even that last one's probably about you know ten dollars. Well, this was unplanned. But that's also my random, I, for the audio listeners, I have a, a random money bag of all the random coins I've also collected. The random coin, coinomizer. That's crazy. Yeah. There you go. And underneath that, I have, I oh know, I must have, I've got random uh, notes as well. Random bank notes. Yeah, just um, from around the world. Uh, anyway, whatever, fuck, that's just no, all. No, yeah, we'll put that back, but that's beautiful. That's interesting. That's... And I used to have it under that, but I've moved it into a scrapbook to bring it back into comedy. Yeah. My first ever... Um... $50 you got paid? No. Pub? No. No, um, I didn't. I kept the money and used that, but I kept the bar voucher. Oh, from the Phoenix. The first no, you... from the um, Pacific Pub, the drink ticket. Oh, okay. So for says... people listening, yeah, um, comedians will get like a few tickets for a free drink. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and it says the, the date, time, uh, the date and venue and, uh, you know, Canberra Comedy Club. Can frame on it? Um, I'm saving them up and eventually I'd like frame to frame something. Yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Uh, Laura Johnson was saying that she's kept her money from every comedy thing she's done. Oh, wow. And I was like, what you should do instead of keeping the actual money is keep it, some of it, um, at least your first, like, say, five or ten. Yeah. And then put them all together in, like, a collage and photocopy that and then get all the room runners that gave them to you to sign. <laughs> That's so intricate. Yeah, next yeah, yeah. to their, their note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can use that money and you've still got something still to show something for it. To show for it, yeah. yeah. It's funny because at some point, if you're keeping all of the pay as, like, a commemorative thing, you're just saving money. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, what am I doing here? Oh, you know what? I've, it's so memorable. I've just kept every paycheck. And put it, I just put it in the bank. Someone pointed out something. Um, That's I what rich people are doing. They're just, they're just really nostalgic about pay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's it's billionaires. I'm just so nostalgic about the idea of hoarding money. It's it's like one of my early bits. Um, I was like, oh, um, I was single at the time. And I was just like, I have an idea. Um, I'll, I'll find like a hoarder that's still close to my age and not bad looking. Give her my number. So she won't be able to throw it out. And that's maybe will call funny. me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And at the very least, when they find her like buried in her own possessions, yeah, I'll blame you. Blame like, who does who does she know? Who well, who would give her a phone she number? Never mentioned a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that episode of Toast of London with Matt Berry? No, I don't even know what Toast of London. So is. Toast of London is a sitcom. You know Matt Berry, right? No. You know, have you seen the Mighty Boosh? Yeah. Uh, IT Crowd. Yeah. You know the the son, the boss. Renham Jr., who's in the, the boss of season two, three, and four. He's got that deep voice, does that oh, voice yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, Father, yeah. that kind yeah, of that, that guy. guy yeah, that yeah. guy. He was in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place originally and uh, always worked with, yeah, Matt Holness and Richard Aoardi back then. But he got his own sitcom, mm. which was a similar type of character to the character he played on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, except a bit older, called, um, I can't remember his first name now. Last name Toast, though. Yeah. I don't remember his... Not Richard Toast. Anyway. Yeah. And he plays like an actor in England, but it's a sitcom, and it's co-written by him and Arthur Matthews, who was one of the writers with Graham Linehan, because Graham Linehan wrote The IT Crowd. Okay. Uh, Arthur Matthews was his writing partner for Big Train. You remember the Big Train sketch show with Simon Pegg, Mark Heap, 
and I'm forgetting so many names. Julia Davis. Um, okay. Anyway, Big Train is considered by a lot of people to be the best sketch show ever made. Okay, yeah. It's if you if anyone's looking, you'll see on TikTok and everywhere. There's yeah. all these old sketches with Simon Pegg in it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, what's that from? Yeah, that's from Big Train. Big Train. Because yeah. that was the sketch show he made, and there was yep. two seasons of it. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, Arthur Matthews and. Graham Linehan wrote Father Ted. You ever see Father Ted? No. So that's um, one of the more famous British sitcoms back in the day. Yeah. But he went from that to IT Crowd okay. to Cancelled. And um, Arthur Matthews. Interesting. Also, though, they used to write for Alexi Sale. You know Alexi Sale? No. <laughs> There's so many are the, the history of the history of English comedy. Yeah. Alexi Sale is actually a good podcast recently where he was interviewing Stuart Lee. Yeah, which is one of the better better episodes I've heard recently. But the Alexi Sale okay. podcast was great. I heard one recently where he interviewed Saul Williams. Actually, isn't that just me talking about podcasts? I've yeah, heard. yeah. But um, anyway, <laughs> Arthur Matthews and Graham Linehan, very good writers. Almost tipped my bin juice all over the <laughs> counter. Uh, but Arthur Matthews also <laughs> wrote Black Books. Okay, he with Dylan Moran. He's the guy they bring in with another comedian who's got a lot of good funny ideas to structure it into a good show while mm -hmm. also being very funny himself. Like right. he co-writes a lot of sitcoms with yep. other great um, other other like lead people. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Toast of London is that, and in the first episode, he meets a girl who's pretty hot, goes to a house, and it's just the most comically hoarder hoarderish house you've <laughs> ever seen. Like yeah. stuff stacked. <laughs> Everywhere, everywhere, and uh, yeah, I won't tell any jokes from it, but highly recommend watching Toast of London. It's absolutely insane, but very funny. I seen a clip from um, I don't know if it was actually maybe from one of these sketch shows that you mentioned, where they had this guy when they were recreating Undateables, that British TV oh, show. Yes, yes, yeah. a and um, he's <laughs> he's um, he's you know the interpreter for Jabba the Hutt? Yes. That with like the giant fucking yeah, thing yeah. growing out of his head and it comes around and sits on his shoulder. So he's in Undateables in this sket. Okay. Yeah. And he, the, he's like, oh, they put him on a date with this chick and mm. he's just going like, oh, yeah, I used to kind of work in politics before I, um, you know, used to do a bit of work for uh, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he, he like does a little bit of hut speak and he's just like, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the chick's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And just, she leaves. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? Did you say she had a mole on her face? What the fuck? Why would you put me up with someone like that? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's like I skimmed over the sket, but it was it like – Fucking, I still think about that. Whenever, I can't watch Star Wars now without thinking about that I bit. Mean, that guy in his dating life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've said it a few. It is interesting thinking about all of those characters and all those things having their life outside of the scene that they're in. Yeah. I guess that's what Austin Powers was doing when it's like the henchman would die and then you'd cut yeah. away to yeah. an elongated vignette yeah. of their, their life or their family being like, I can't believe he's gone. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe he's dead. Like the the family being like, he was like a father to me. I can't believe yeah. he's dead. And then like you know the the guys having drinks at the bar. It's like you know to Smitty or whatever. You know? Yeah, because it's like well, obviously the henchman who you're just randomly killing hundreds of had families in life. That was my first ever. That's my first ever actual um, film um, extras role line was to Smitty. Oh yes. Literally, there's a, I was in a historical recreation of an Antarctic um, exploration journey. 
that, that was the extra role oh, that okay. I was. And That's... I was actually one of the explorers. And my what, Where was this? In Canberra. You were making a short film? Yeah. In but, Canberra. Yeah. What year was this? Uh, earlier this year. Earlier this year? Yeah. Who was making that? Um, this guy called Trent that was on Facebook. Wow. Yeah, I've, I'll put up, actually, I'll put up a link in the description. It went straight to YouTube. I'll put up a link in the description of this on YouTube to the yeah, actual yeah. full film because it was quite good. Um, I'm just an extra in one scene. Mm, um, mm, I'll mm. paint the picture. They were out exploring. One of the guys lost his leg from gangrene. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> we're kind of just in a very somber mood after, like, hopefully he pulls through. And we filmed it in a fucking sauna. Um, Jesus. Basically recreated to look like a log cabin. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And it was black and white. And um, <laughs> I was wearing like a woolen jumper and beanie. <laughs> yeah, and they, wow. they even had smoke to make it look like um, like fog, like yeah, yeah, frost yeah, yeah, and yeah, shit yeah. like that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah wow. And before every scene, here's a little behind the scenes. Before every scene, they would go around with a jug. And you know those metal camping mugs? We all had those, but because it was in black and white, they spray-painted them all white before the thing. So we weren't to drink out of them because they were uh, spray-fresh, like that morning spray-painted, and then consistently refilled with hot water before every take so they were steaming for the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one dude gets super into his character and takes a swig and goes, like, and just spits this, like, melted fucking white paint out of from the cup that had like then remelted the paint and mixed with the water and then he drank it. That's revolting. Yeah, and uh, the whole time it just smelt like freshly sprayed spray yeah, paint. Yeah, wow, that's awful. Um, so behind that one scene, that's the full story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, put that link up YouTube. Yeah. Speaking of YouTube, um, listeners can go along to my YouTube channel and they can see my current special. Yep. Mephisto Waltz, which is my debut comedy solo hour, yep. which I assume you have watched. No, I've seen clips, but seen not clips. the full thing. Everyone's yeah. seen clips yeah. because I've been posting clips, clips yeah. every two days for the last three months. <laughs> you know what? I think I watched one full character. Ah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so yeah, there's seven characters. It's a it's a variation. It's almost like seven specials in one. Yeah, it's like I feel like you were doing a comedy show lineup with. Fucking like seven, the one five man gala. To seven, yeah, yeah. yeah, five to seven minute sets. Yeah, that show was the one man gala. I think some of the sets are up to thirteen minutes. Some yeah, okay, of them yeah, seven or eight. But yeah, yeah it's sort of, yeah, it, it goes for about sixty-five minutes. I think overall. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and where was that filmed? Filmed at the Canberra Theatre. Yeah. At the Courtyard Studio. Yeah. So nice little intimate space. Yeah, good stuff. Um, filmed my second one there recently, actually, because because of, of COVID, all those cancelled shows. I had all this material backed up. So yeah. This next. Uh, Mephisto Waltz came out at the end of October. Yep. And that's tracking along slowly, you know, building up subscribers, building up views, getting a, you know, tracking everything. Yeah, good stuff. Um, if you are listening, give us a subscribe, give us a like, it all yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, have a watch, even if you only watch one character, that'll do. I just did <laughs> and, that. No, yeah. yeah. And, um, but then in mid, if you do subscribe in mid January, my next special, Muesli Balloon, which I filmed at the end of October, mm. uh, will be coming out. So it is two specials in about three months, but it's because obviously because of COVID, there's so yeah. much gear and so many shows to pull pull together and film. Yeah. But then the next one is um, at the festivals, Moonlight Pilot. Yeah. Is my next hour, and that'll awesome. be at the festivals in in February, Adelaide in February. I think yep. I'm going for a week at the Rhino Room in Adelaide. Yep. And then back in Canberra for the Courtyard Studio, where I will try and film that again. We'll see how that goes. Yep. 
and then down to Melbourne for a couple of weeks. So hopefully I've got it pretty much locked in. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to do two more weeks of it, but I just got to, um, I don't have a lot of opportunities to film in location like the Canberra Theatre, so I better grab it by the horns when I can. Yep. Because it looked great. It and, did, yeah, know, yeah. And the second one looks a whole lot better. We've cool. got the legends at uh, Missing Bits Productions right. here yeah, in yeah. Canberra, yep. and they just have like a Canon C300 and a, an Arri Alexa. They just have the cameras that you use on feature films. Yeah, yeah. And it looks spectacular. So yeah. the first one looks good. Um, shot by Raf, the legend, mm. my friend, um, yep, from Cultura Clandestino, runs every decent gig in in Canberra. Yep. A lot of stuff at the basement. Too. Yeah, All yeah, the world he does. Music yeah. stuff at the basement. Yeah, um, his gigs always do really well. Such a so um, well, yeah. interesting mix up of gigs when whenever a Raf gig versus what we usually have there, which is like heavy metal. Oh yeah, it's it is it's it's amazing that the basement has been able to diversify like that it is to be good. known as a heavy metal bar, but also the bar to go to for world music. Yeah, yeah. and you will get five hundred people at a at the biggest ever like drum latin drum yep. concert in australian music history 150 yeah. different performers yep. in one night in like an eight hour festival and he just <laughs> organized that and he's like yeah yeah, well, well. It's like what why don't you even make a big deal about this yeah. this is amazing he's yeah. like yeah yeah but i got another thing to organize soon yeah yeah and so i'm yeah. trying to trying to rally the rally the um the focus there and we'll try rally and, the art well no i want to yes there we go <laughs> Yeah. Rum, rum. Um, <laughs> want to get that together and do that kind of promotion for my next festival show yeah. so, and for the next special being released I really need to amp good that stuff up. yeah yeah so as well as um, so my thing that I spoke about before that'll just be a link in the description but um, as well as that if you're watching this on YouTube the play next will be Chris Martin's amazing um, thank you that is thingy. I didn't even know you could set that up I know so little I know so little about yeah. all this stuff yeah well I I'm learning I've learned from just being a psycho and just continually trying to put up content um, or self learned but it does help that, you know, um, having that mindset, like I work in IT, so it's like yeah. just like I need to try and make systems work. Yeah. So trying to like reverse engineer systems that aren't particularly intuitive or whatever. Well, I figure, yeah, everything that gets done, someone's doing it. So why can't I learn how to do that? Yeah. Is a good way to view it. Like people say stuff about, oh, who edits your specials? It's like, oh, I edit them. Yeah. If you're a comedian, buy a Mac or a, buy, yeah. buy a video editing software, edit your own stuff. Learn, yeah. Get friends who have cameras, film it, get good at that. Because you're filming, like you'll know because you just filmed your first one recently. Yeah, yep. That's like an open mic for filming. Mm, mm. You don't want to have your best show ever that you've spent 10 years building towards that could be the one that is everyone goes, wow, that was the best show you ever did. Yeah. Get filmed like a first show. Yeah. You want that to be filmed in a way where you've learned all that from all the mistakes of filming three or four other shows. Yeah. So that people who are introduced to you through that first show and you know, this is obviously pie in the sky as if anyone will see any, anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. But assuming, you know, you got to aim high. You have to, yeah. You, you're better off filming more, watching yourself seeing what you do on stage, seeing what you don't like you do on stage, yeah. cut it out of the next, all that type of stuff. Yep. Any comedians who are listening, which is probably 80% of the audience, yeah. hey, record every set until you're 100% happy with how you look and act on stage. 
mm-hmm. and then still do filming every now and then to check and cut out anything you don't like you're doing. Because the last thing you want to do is film an hour and go, I didn't know I was doing that or saying that or moving yeah. like that or looking down or moving the mic away from my face or anything like that. There's yeah. so many little things you can learn from watching yourself and being like, oh, I hate when other people do that. I'm doing that. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few minutes. Cheers. Cheers. Please flip over the tape to side B to hear the rest of this podcast. Okay, welcome back. You just heard the 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 break tune. <laughs> <laughs> what was the tune for the break? Um, so I got the intro music and then laid a um, <laughs> audio recording of me saying, "Please flip over the tape to hear the rest of this oh, podcast." Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, hope everyone enjoyed that. Are we putting this on a cassette? Uh, not this one, no. Can we? It can be done. Yes. I mean, I'll have to do it, won't I? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Anyone who wants a copy of this on cassette, episode let us know and we'll put it together. Episode eighty. Mm. Um, on cassette yep yep uh, eight tracks <laughs> um yeah the problem is side b will be like a lot shorter than side a i uh, bought i bought a cassette deck a yamaha it's only a two head not a three head cassette yeah. deck and i've been making a few mixtapes yeah. lately at home it's kind of fun just yeah. plugging in i've got a really good nakamichi cd player nice the old mb10 which was the last one they made before they got sold off right and started making absolute trash. Yeah, yeah. When back when they were still still had some of their good good people at the company. That um that goes into like I, I'm into audio as well. I'll probably show you after this podcast. I've got it set up with like a old uh, Moran's tape deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a um Akai amp from the 70s, 76. Yeah, yeah. Um, and coincidentally, I went to Tiny's Green Shed. And seen two old Akai speakers, bought them, took them home, researched them, found out they were the ones that came with the amp originally. Wow. That's so cool. Matching components can be very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not just aesthetically, but like they're made for that type. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the uh, the the ohms there's a lot of things other than basically the everyone just goes, How many how many watts is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like talking about how many pixels a TV is without talking about the contrast levels or the refresh rate, all these other yeah, things. Yeah, or the quality of the thing you're playing on it. Yeah, as exactly. well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. still remember Ohm's Law from high school. Um, <laughs> and Ohm is the resistance offered when one amp is forced through a conductor under a voltage pressure of one volt. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people talk about. Um, there's the. It's a meme now. There's literally a meme that explains the whole thing. It's just someone trying to get through a tube, and Ohm is the other. Um, the the like uh, uh, depicted as a character who's like got a rope around the tube that's tightening it so they can't get through. Yeah, uh, the exactly. It's um, so I was going to say to that, and any audio audio files or pe- uh, you know physics people who listen to this, I might be saying some of it wrong, but essentially, people love vinyl sound because those are low powered devices. Mm. Most amps are built to receive about twenty to forty ohms. And vinyl players, being low energy, pump out around that amount. So there's no distortion or flattening of the signal. Mm. CD players, when they came out, the very, very best ones had buffers because they're high electricity devices with lasers in them and all that. Yeah. They were pumping at like eight, 900 ohms. Yeah. And so the signal was going from 900, getting compressed into a yeah. device 
designed to receive 20 or 15 to 30 ohms. Yeah. So unless you've got the high quality CD players will have a buffer stage that will convert that. Yeah. You can buy a separate buffer. Yep. A lot of audio files will have a separate buffer stage, which is a separate box that goes CD player, buffer stage, amplifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't have that, everyone goes, oh, my CD, CDs sound cold. Vinyl sounds so much better. The vinyl don't sound better. Mm. CD players will sound like that if you've got a good CD player or you've got a buffer unit and you can buy buffer units online. They're not hard to find once you look for them. Yeah. Um, I think Burson Audio in Melbourne do oh, a really okay. good one. Um, I think I, that was the first thing I bought of theirs. I've got one of their amplifiers. I've got a few different things. Yeah, cool. They do so- handmade solid state stuff based out of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. They sell a lot to the States because there's a big market for that in america australia yep. doesn't have a big enough population to support the people who actually want really high quality sound that isn't um tubes and valves because there's like a venn diagram and i fucking hate venn diagrams but of people who want high quality sound who aren't extremely autistic yeah and you know like obviously if you love really high quality sound but you love valves where mm. you have to turn on an amp and let it fucking warm up yep i don't want to wait for that shit i want it to mm. sound pretty much that good but just be solid state so it takes two minutes to turn it on. It's fine. Yeah. It works. I don't want to fucking wait 25 minutes. I don't want it to overheat. I don't want I don't want anything to do with valves. Yeah. <laughs> on my and they look cool, they're fine. Fucking annoying. You know what I mean? You know, like all yeah. that, yeah. The oh, valve for sure. amplifiers yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. It's like fuck, I just want solid state, the best solid state you can get. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, a bit of a rant about that. <laughs> but I no, hundred percent. There's actually a guy in because I, I, I keep an eye on um audio shit within Canberra just yeah. on Gumtree. Yeah, same. Um, and there was a guy selling a fucking um. I have to find the um, and I have to do this after the thing. But there sure, was a, yeah. there was a guy that was selling a really high end, um, fucking um vinyl player yeah like, yeah like record player um and coincidentally i listened to a podcast recently it was recorded in 2018 but i'm catching up yeah um what i did is when i hear a podcast and i like it i'll listen from the point i discovered them till now and then once i catch up i'll go back to like around figure like the start of 2019 yeah and yeah, listen yeah. to everything from that year and then i'll even go back to 18 and listen up wow, to 19 yeah, yeah. um i'm midway through 18 on this podcast and the um producer's called dean del rey yep and uh he has his podcast where he interviews um um uh, comedians because he's a comedian yes but he was in the music industry for 25 years as a guitarist mm. singer guitarist and he also has what he calls his handmade episodes where he interviews like shit that he likes, like someone that produces handmade fucking vinyl players. Mm. So I had this guy on there who's from like a history of record player producers and it yeah. all started when his father made a record um, cleaner, like this device you put a vinyl in and mm. it cleans it and it, oh, wow. it sounds so much better. Yeah, because they get filthy and they're physical things. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and after that, he quit his day job and started making them. Mm. Um, and his dad, like his grandfather, said, can I work with you? Um, and then when he got old enough, he started working with his old man too. So yeah, it's like right. a three-generation thing. Um, and now they pr- make these vinyl players, and, uh, record players. And um, What brand is that? That's what I can't remember, but it'll be in the show notes. I looked it up, but just no, it won't be in the show notes. I, uh, it's going to be in the show notes. I'm going to do an additional bootleg show notes. Yeah, it's going to be as part of the um, 
as part of the um, of the physical media if you buy it on if cassette. If you buy the cassette, you get a copy you get a vinyl. We're gonna if you want a copy of the vinyl, that's gonna cost a little bit more, but we will do a vinyl <laughs> of this episode. If you just hit us up, we'll do we'll get some um, estimates. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. We'll do a laser disc. If you want a laser disc of this uh, video recording, hit us up. We'll see what we can do. You might be back at another five, six hundred bucks. Maybe how much does it cost to buy it to get a laser disc printed? Oh, who knows, man? Who knows? I I know that um, uh, it's called VPI. That's the company. Okay. And yeah. I looked it up. And there's a guy in, and after, and this is the coincidence. The whole thing. Yeah, fuck it. You don't even need to buy anything now. I just gave the answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um. So VPI. Yeah. Was the company, and I coincidentally just looked up. Oh yeah, what um? I wonder if there's anyone just coincidentally. Sell- there's a guy in Belconnen selling one. How much? This is the high level of shit. 12 grand yeah no that's about what i expect for a high level yeah, yeah. and i'm like that's on gum tree dude yeah yeah yeah. Like, like my dad had a lynn sondek yeah diamond headed um vinyl player yeah and those are the same now as they were in the 70s and if you buy a brand new one of those you'll pay 15 grand yeah yeah so uh vpi is the company yeah um because the componentry you can't get it good for cheaper yeah 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 the well that's what you said do, yeah. it's absolutely insane I would argue that there is probably diminishing returns past spending that amount. Of, you know, like there's, yeah. there's there's things you can do. That yeah, it's a it's a bit of a psycho obsession at that point. That's so much money. Yeah, yeah, that is so much money to be spending on a player. Because if you spend, and to be honest, like speakers, my friend uh, Joe, yeah, who from the you probably know him from the Beast Monkey podcast. Yep. he dropped a serious amount of money recently on a on a pretty good stereo, and it sounds good. But he still said to me, he goes, it doesn't sound as good as your dad's Sonabs. The Sonabs, the Swedish speakers from the 70s, the omnidirectional ones that my dad had plugged in back in the day. Um, Which if you don't know Sonab speakers, they are just insane. If you look up the top of the line Sonabs, they would have six tweeters on top, a subwoofer in the base and a a mid-range at the back. The ones above that would have 12 tweeters on each channel. Mm -hmm. 12 tweeters all pointing in different directions. Yep two mid-ranges and two different la- levels of subwoofer in the bass. Yeah. And they used to use them at, at concerts. They yeah. They would be concert speakers. But you could just, back in the day, in the 70s, you would pay probably a quarter of the price of a house yeah. for a pair of these. And yeah. my idiot dad, who I love to death, in the 70s, bought a pair of these Sonar <laughs> speakers for like $800 for a pair in yeah. the 70s. Yeah, yeah. That's insane mm, people would mm. earn four grand a year yeah and he spent 800 yeah it's wild but they sound he still got them yeah i picked up a second hand pair um for a steal they usually go for between two to three grand second hand now yeah i've got a pair of the sonab oa 112s uh is it 116 anyway the 116 yeah um they they cost me 800 yeah in wollongong on um ebay who didn't know what he had yeah he yeah. sort of picked them up somewhere um, they weren't in amazing condition, but they still mm-hmm. worked. And I offered him a buy it now price of eight hundred. He had a list of like six hundred on like yep. a five day thing. And I said, No, I want. I'll get. I'll come get him. And I drove up and got him the next day. Yeah, right. Just Crazy. passed one and going and just brought him back. And like a twelve hour road trip or something. Yeah, just, you're weaving in and out of all these back roads to get him. And he thought he'd got a steal. Yeah. All he had to do was research and realize he could have got about three k for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But fuck it, you know. I have um. 
so someone that got got me into um like hi-fi and shit like that yeah yeah um got a set of speakers made in adelaide yeah okay um and they were sent over and he had 12 tweeters and eight mids in this wow. bank wow of and he had a a, a um 120 watt per channel five channel power amp powering them wow um and I'll, I'll put overlay a photo here of me standing next to them when I was a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, wow. Which is probably more of a shock to see me as a 19-year-old kid. Um, but yeah. You're, you're still a kid, Marky. Yeah, I just like look like I should know what I'm doing sometimes. Oh, yeah, don't we all? Um, but yeah, that was, that was a really cool thing. I Actually, I'll show you in the lounge room after this. I have um, from that guy, that same dude, hooked me up with a set of really good, it's all... Morans with one Morel tweeter in there. Um, it's two six-inch subs, one four-inch mid, and a tweeter, all built into one unit as a center speaker. Yeah, wow. And it was built for a guy that had a home theater system that wanted that as the center speaker yeah. to sit um, below the projection. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had that built and then never picked it up. Um Wow. Financial problems, whatever. He put the deposit down but never picked it up. Yeah. So the guy who I was got these speakers built said, what do you want for that? And the guy was like, look, he paid a deposit. I haven't heard from him for like 12 months. Um, it's past the time of like having to hold it. Yeah. I'll give it to you for – he gave him like a like an $800 deposit. Yeah. And he was like, I'll give it to you for the total minus 800 So I saved 800 bucks on this thing and bought it. The guy was literally like, if he comes back, I'll probably just remake it. Like, I've done it yeah, once, yeah. yeah. Um, so this was initially going to be like a, um, a $1,200 speaker. Yeah. And he picked it up for $400. Wow. Um, and, yeah, then I bought it off him for $500. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've nice. had it since I was 19. Yeah. So, wow. um, I, yeah, he got me into this all this crazy shit. Yeah. But no, um, I heard yeah. Joe was talking about... Um, audio stuff and something he mentioned which i want to bring up he said in one of the episodes i listened to beast monkey i've listened back to all the old episodes for those who don't know beast monkey podcast is a podcast i do with my friend joe and sometimes alf and raf are on the episodes as well yep yeah um and he mentioned that like he got a new system and you said oh what how is it and he says it was better by putting a mount on the speaker a lot of people don't understand that's me. Um, I think it's me. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand how great you can increase your uh, and your um, experience by making sure you're at the right focal point. Oh yes, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like I'll show you after this in the shed. I've got my speakers, but they're on the ground, and I mean to like put them up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's part of why this wall of sound that this dude bought when when I was like nineteen was so good because whether you're sitting or standing, it sounded the same. Like it yeah. was just always good um, because it was just such a large body of yeah of of equipment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the theory with the Sonabs, the omnidirectional stuff. It turns the whole room you're in into the speaker. Yeah. As opposed to having to be in a laboratory where you have to sit in the there's like an optimal space. The yeah. best thing a speaker can do is exist in the real world because no one's house is a box with the exact materials you need everyone's house has couches and windows mm. and ceilings etc so mm. yeah 
Um, speaking of Beast Monkey, um, I listened to a lot of episodes because I didn't listen to them as they come out. For the listeners, and I've told this to Chris off mic, um, I listened to them in binge style. So I've just gone back and gone from like 2018 back when we had like before Chris's first ever festival show. I was talking about leading up to that. Um, and just really, it was like a, yeah, watching a documentary that was like, like that was like written uh, in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, if the documentary was like fucking 36 hours long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to cut it down quite a lot. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, and a lot of the things that you guys talk about, you and Joe, um, and, and guests, Raf talks a lot about this as well in one of his episodes yeah. is movies. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. where, I mean both sort of like cool movies like we have different types but we have like a few that cross over yeah um i'm a massive fan of 90s like horror and action which is why that just says to me that the the ultimate series for anyone that likes action and horror yeah you have to go with terminator would you put terminator in horror first one yeah the first Terminator movie, in my mind, is a horror movie. I guess it is a slasher film. It's Yeah, it's a slasher film. I guess the first Alien, the first Terminator, and Predator, yep. they're all sci-fi slasher. And the second one is an action, film. which is why number one and number two, for anyone that likes horror, and the Terminator was a fucking um, like Halloween Mike Myers yeah, style, yeah. type, yeah, type yeah, yeah, yeah. villain. Slasher yeah. genre pick. Yeah, 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 it is, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah. yeah. So that's why I put it in, in, in the first one in a horror theme. Yeah. It's funny because obviously it's sci-fi as well because of the time travel yeah, elements. Yeah. And obviously it's action because of the the ch- the thriller chase yeah. vibe of it. Yeah. Um, that's why genre is so weird because so many movies fit so many genres. It's like it's great for companies who are selling stuff. Yeah. It's not that great for the audience. <laughs> no. Because you kind of, one, it's a spoiler. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather watch a movie where I go in, I have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. Like when I saw Midnight in Paris, didn't know it was a time travel film. Sorry for the spoilers. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. But it's one of the best time travel movies to come out in the last de- last last 20 years. Mm. Maybe the best. What other time travel movies have come out recently that are actually good since the 80s? Because um, we've got Bill and Ted 1 and 2, which are classics. Yeah. Stone Cold classics. Yeah. Terminator 1 and 2. Back to the Future 1, 2, 3. All magic yeah i guess about time is a very good time travel yeah, film yeah. what are, what else is there um honestly can't think of any no. since then like all my like like you said back to the future all that shit classics but there's a guy in canberra that has a fucking delorean have you seen that i haven't seen oh i might have there is a guy that will do they look nuts in person dude and do you know what? what? He's even got his like recreated like a real life flux capacitor and mounted it in between the passenger and driver's seat. Now is that do you feel like that's a bit too far? Um a little bit. Like if you had to do it yourself, you'd be yeah. like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. I would start to do it and get over it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Actually following through on building your own flux capacitor, which is yep. what makes time travel possible. Yeah. Is yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's fine. Like if you're listening, guy with time machine that doesn't work <laughs> awesome but fuck like yeah. hey <laughs> what's for dinner dude like <laughs> what's going on what's for dinner dude? Where, where are you like <laughs> he could be anywhere once that's built oh fucking anywhere he could be anywhere so that's that thing you've seen obviously uh we obviously know what the solar system looks like okay you know 
Yeah. It's just the ball in the middle of the sun, things flying around. I mean, yeah, if you want to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but then... Conspir- when you, I don't want to lose the conspiracy theorists. Oh, I'm solid. willing to lose <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> theorists. We can okay. ditch that 80% of the audience and we'll stick with the 20% of sane people. <laughs> but you look at... you. There's animations online of the sun flying around the center of the galaxy. No, I haven't seen that. So if you look those up, the sun is traveling at X speed okay. around the galaxy as everything in the spiral galaxy is. Yeah. And the planets are traveling around it in a spiral. Mm-hmm. Sort of being dragged along by the gap by the um, the gravity of the sun, right? And when you realize that, it all makes time travel so stupid because if you traveled through time, unless you're traveling through space as well and projecting where in space you're going to be, yeah, you would just appear in space, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where you are now spot. in the universe, yeah, yeah. even. 10 minutes ago would be a different part of Earth because we're traveling yeah. at 600 meters a second or something. Earth yeah. is spinning, what is it, 600 meters a second? Yeah, who knows, yeah. You've seen Doctor Who, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, best ever description of that ever. They said, who are you? And he never said, he says I'm the Doctor, but they're like, what What the fuck are you? And he goes, the Earth is spinning. He d- describes all of this stuff yeah. about the planet is spinning around the guy. He goes, I can feel that. <laughs> and I was like, that's insane. Like the but idea that you can feel the, the earth, earth spinning. Well, yeah. Like that you're able to feel all of those centri- all move. of those forces and know that it's happening. Yeah. Because obviously we can't. Yeah, yeah. We're just on, we're part of the planet. We yeah. are the planet. Yeah. Everything that's on the planet right now is part of the planet except yeah. for asteroids that land on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's like when, um, like when I was a kid, I said to my old man, dad, the Earth's spinning. How fast is it spinning? Yeah, and he gave me the most ludicrous answer. What did he say? You thought keep the rabbits out was a funny answer. You wait to hear what he said. He said to me, "It's spinning so fast. If it stopped, we would fly off it." That is true, though. Yeah, but I just pictured the Earth like a carousel that was going oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, fast yeah. that the centrifugal force was keeping us on it. But I think that is what's happening. That's probably right, but that it's is, a really crazy way to answer that question, right? I think that's that's. I think it's a good way. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's bad. I've heard that before. I've oh, heard okay. that before. Yeah, it's a fairly common. Okay, used to talk yeah. about that at school. Yeah, like, right. Um, okay. But it's very crazy in terms of <laughs> you know when you're like swinging something around, like yeah. water in a cup, and it doesn't fall out yeah, because yeah. of the force of yeah. the speed. That's why we're on. The, that's why we don't fly off. A bucket of water over the head. You've seen that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what's happening with us on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> we're spinning around so fast, and the gravity is sucking us down. Yeah, getting sucked. Well, the atmosphere the must yeah. be holding us in. Well, the thing is, the 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 atmosphere is like you know we look at fish in the water mm. and they're swimming through the water and we're like yeah well you can swim through that because it's water the air is also that yeah you know we've got all this water air on the, top of us the reason we can't jump is because of all the air is so heavy above us you know and we can't jump into space yeah yeah because we've got all this stuff like birds flying around are just like fish in water yeah when they flap they're pushing off the air you know what i mean it sounds yeah. weird to yeah, think yeah. about that but that's all held on you know what I mean? Like the spinning, that's the, the stuff. It's all, yeah. It's like it's so tightly packed. <laughs> it is, but it is. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're spinning around the planet, but the spiral visualizations, if you haven't looked this up, everyone, look it up. The animations that show the sun traveling through and the, the, the planet's all spiraling after yeah. it, chasing yeah. it, like, oh, don't leave me behind, kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, because they're spinning, but also spinning around, 
and the sun is spinning and it's going and then the galaxies and they're all rotating around each other. Yeah. And what is it like in 3 billion years what our galaxy is going to hit another galaxy? Probably. Well, that's what they're know. projecting. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, I picture the sun is like the mother duck and all the planets are like the exactly little ones. It's exactly like that. It's exactly yeah. like that except on a solar system level. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. I um, It, it spun me out more than... Not, Literally, but also literally, more yeah. than anything I've fucking seen. Yeah. Science, you know, science-wise, ever. It's so crazy to think, uh, think about the world outside of the world yeah. from with fuck. Do we just keep going? And we've lost, we've lost video, but we keep the audio. Yeah, you just, you just, you just keep, you just keep listening. If you've made it this far and you're listening, then the rest. Is there of, much more to do? Nah, we'll, we'll we'll close up in a sec. Okay. Yeah. This is the after dark part of the podcast. You can just put a photo up at this point and just have the audio keep playing. Yeah, yeah. It would be like um, when Homer goes in for the interview with, after he stole the candy off the chick's ass and they tried to frame him and they just put the freeze frame of him just frozen on there and did the audio over the top of it. Just being like, no, Mr. Simpson, Mr. Simpson. No, no, no. Controversial okay. opinion. Not a Simpsons fan. Oh, shit. Okay. Like, it's fine. But also, everyone talks about it like it's South Park or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, like that hilarious episode where fucking Lisa wanted a pony. <laughs> and that was the episode. I feel like that was a good thing to say without the video because it's like you're in witness protection now. Oh, I know. You can I'm, say I'll defend this. this to the fucking ends of the earth. Everyone, yeah. everyone raves about The Simpsons. It's yep. fine. And most of the good stuff in it is just stolen from somewhere else anyway. Yep. Yeah. I'm just not a fan. They're like, hey, these American families, huh? <laughs> she really should leave him. <laughs> He's an alcoholic. Oh, the kid's an idiot, but the daughter's a genius. It's like, hey, I've seen every version, version of, of this before. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, like, oh. it's like when Seth MacFarlane accepted the award for Family Guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, um, Fox, I'd like to th- thank Fox because they um, allowed a... Um, a show to be passed about a dysfunctional family. Um, and then like 20 years later, that led me to write family guy. And now I'm here. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he's basically given a tilt, a tip of the hat to the Simpsons for inspiring him to do. Yeah. But married with children, it's the same. Like there's so many shows. They're all there. They're all very similar. Like they're yeah. all the same types. Of it's things. a bit like the whole uh, thing of one smart kid, one dumb kid, never met a family where, that's an actual Where one reality. of the kids is a genius and one's an idiot. Yeah. Never. I mean, I'm sure it can happen if there's like false paternity where like the oldest has a different parent, different uh, I, father, you know, which is quite common, but. Yeah. I, I got into, um, I got into Rick and Morty and then I was kind of like, oh, well, how, why am I also going to enjoy Solar Opposites? It's basically the same thing. Yeah. And then I watched Solar Opposites and I'm like, I enjoy this also. Yeah. Like. It actually, can, you can enjoy, like, I've watched multiple of the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, South Park is the true winner of that in my mind. Well, it felt like the one to me that was go. it was breaking boundaries. Yeah. There were yeah. constant controversies with that show. And I haven't seen the last few seasons. Neither have I. so busy. I've, and I'm sure they're fine. I'm about five seasons behind. It yeah. became, my brother talks about this, it became a sketch show in a sense where the yeah. characters are just enacting the latest sketch based on the news as yeah. opposed to them actually living lives, which they felt That's like they were doing good. in the early seasons. That's a good analogy. Because now it's just whatever they need to happen happens and it happens to those kids. Yeah. And they're all the same age, even though they've done new stuff now where they're old. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, like, you know when they did that thing where they went to fourth grade? Yeah. If they'd just kept on every couple of seasons, bumping them up a grade and making them a little bit older, that would have felt so much better to me Yeah. than having them have more episodes than days of the year. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what helps with um, physical, like, actors. Because they get old. They have to they have write to it older. into yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, like, like, Two and a Half Men, like, I never really watched that, but the, the son gets older. <laughs> yes. Yeah. God, what a gronk. How bad is it in movies and shows where the kids don't look like the parents? And I know this is old ground. Yeah. Tarantino talked about it on Reservoir Dogs when he cast Chris Penn, who looks like Morris, what's his name? The old, you know, the dad and the son. Yep. He's like, don't point that gun at my dad. Yeah. At the end, they actually look like they could be related. They could be, yeah. They yeah. feel like they could be related. And there was a behind the scenes thing, which I never forgot, where Tarantino's like, funny thing about family is they fucking look the same. Every time you see a kid or a mother and a daughter, they look related. Movies, they never do. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. yeah. Real life, all the time. Yep. Everyone who sees me goes, oh my God, you look so much like your dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The kid looks more like Berta's kid. Uh, <laughs> it's it's constant that, like even Family Ties, love it to death. You know, with Michael J. Fox, the sitcom he yep. was in in the eighties. The dad is fucking Michael Gross, six three, mm. skinny, lanky guy. Michael J. Fox, five four. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look anything like him or yep. the mum. Yep. Yeah. Like Meredith Baxter Bernie, and then the sister. To be fair, does look related to him. Right. Justine Bateman. Yeah, yeah. Who, and my brother brought this up too recently, is there uh, sib famous siblings who look more identical to each other that don't break gender stereotypes? If he still very much looks like a man version, she looks like a woman version. Mm. They're both good looking people. You know, Justin, Justin Bateman? Yeah. Jason yeah. Bateman. Jason, Jason, Jason Bateman Jason and Bateman. Justine Bateman. Yeah. Look so similar. Yeah, yeah. They are the most similar looking famous siblings in the world. Yeah. But they're both... Good looking version of a man or a woman. I just keep thinking of Patrick Bateman from fucking... No, definitely not. Okay. Fuck, I hate Christian Bale. Uh, yeah, Jason... How good is Jason Bateman? Yeah. He's accidentally built up this... Like, you know, in the last 10 years, he just keeps on appearing in movies in and doing stuff, great yeah. versions. He's like, oh, here's Jason Bateman again. I thought he was in Beans Baxter, um, Private Detective, and then he disappeared and he did for a bit because he did Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. What a crazy film that was. Yeah, yeah. But that's why they could cast him in that because he looked enough like Michael J. Fox to, to cast him. To be... Oh, uh, that's a good um, segue into our last part of the show. Mm-hmm. Favorite part in a movie... Favorite scene in a movie. Just off the top of your head, name one of your favorite scenes. The one I'm going to go for right now because it just popped into my head is the anime from 1985 or 86 called The Wings of Honomies, which also goes under the title Royal Space Force, which was made by the guys, some of the guys on it have went on to do the original uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. At the time, it was pre-Akira. It was the most expensive anime that was ever made. If you haven't seen it, it's incredible. Uh, Madman in Australia do the best version of it. You can buy them on eBay. It's not too cheap, not too hard to get. You can probably pirate it as well. And spoiler alert, this doesn't really ruin anything. There's a scene where he's he's an astronaut mm -hmm. and they're building up for the first ever person to go into space. Yeah. And he freaks out and leaves the project because someone tries to assassinate him from some like political faction. And he goes out to the, the country with this girl he's kind of got a thing going on with. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of not, but she's looking after an orphan, like this friend, of, child of a friend type thing. She's mm. not related to her, but she looks after the kid. And they're standing out in the countryside and there's just a billion stars above them, you know, like yeah, the yeah. Japanese countryside. Yeah, yeah. Billion stars. And they're all looking up at them, just amazed by the beauty of it all. 
And the little kid who's like three or four points up and says, a star. <laughs> you know how little kids point out obvious shit? Yeah, yeah. There are 10,000 stars in the sky. Yeah, yeah. And the kid yells, points and yells, the star. <laughs> and I feel like that's like, yeah, that's my favorite scene. That's your favorite movie. scene? And, it's, and there are others. Yeah. Like top five movies. Oh, um, Terminator 1 and 2 are literally 1 and 2 in my list. If I do, if you can only have, if you can't have a any... series? Like it, franchise? I just don't, just pick a Terminator. Yep, okay. Because anyone, if, you, if you're giving a top five recommendation, if they like one of them, they'll go watch the other. Okay, well, the hard part about that is now I have to choose Well, you have to choose two, two because it's the better movie. Uh, I know what you mean, but I've discussed this extensively with a lot of people. <laughs> it's a better overall film. Okay, yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. You can't have one without the other. Yep. Yeah, and... Choose whichever one you want, though. It's your five. No, I, I do actually prefer two. Yeah. yeah. How so, incredible is the extended version of two? I've seen everything you can watch about Terminator yeah, it's 2. incredible. Um, Ridiculous that the iTunes version... And if you're listening, Apple, fucking hell. The iTunes version has no special features. Yeah. No extended edition. Yeah. One of the biggest I, films of all time. It's, it's, param it's, it's tantamount to when you can't buy the old Star Wars. Um, I, every time a new medium comes out, I always buy Terminator 2. Have you got the Laserdisc? I have 4K version. Have you got the Laserdisc? I don't have the Laserdisc. Grab one. They're incredible. Okay. There's artwork, everything at the top of the line. I think they have the fold out with like the face, like the face oh, comes shit. off. Okay. The best yeah. versions, if you can find it. Yeah. It has like Arnie's face and then you open a thing and then there's like, the, you know, the different layers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so top five so terminator um predator one yes yeah of course so we're going to two arnies straight away straight away off yeah, the yeah, bat yeah um uncle buck with john candy yep um i would have to go oh man there's so many there's so many um Trying no to one's going to hold you to it, so just pick them. Yeah, I got, those three. Yeah, I got top of the mind. I got three on the top, um, and then you have to go. Um, oh, Ghostbusters, one or two? Um, one. Okay. Yeah, because I seen it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I love Ghostbusters one, but I'll choose if I have to watch only one, or if I can only keep one. Yeah, two every time. Um, and if I had to choose another random movie oh fucking goodfellas i completely yeah. looked over the top of that yeah, yeah. yeah goodfellas cool. um is actually my number one depending on the month is joe Some, pesci the most underrated actor in cinema history um yeah joe no i actually think what made that movie was um the combination of all three of those characters oh, the combo for sure but how many movies has he just made, yeah, been in where he carries the load of all exposition without it making it feel like exposition, all the emotion without ever feeling like the center of attention? He's a very generous actor. He gives all the other people on screen, but has all the dialogue. Yeah, he has all the dialogue in every movie he's in. They're yeah. like, just let Joe say it. Mm. If like De Niro can't can't deliver a line or can't get an idea across, they're like, just give it to Joe, and he just goes, "Hey, what are we going to do over here?" <laughs> yeah. Just rolls out, just. You look back at those films and there's so many of those films where he just machine gunning dialogue yeah. everywhere. And yeah. you're like, how did you even... And none of it feels contrived. He's always the character. Yeah, yeah. You never feel like he's not in that world. 
He almost feels like a prop. He's so good. Yeah. It's like a good referee. You don't even notice him because he never makes a mistake. I tell you what was a good movie that wouldn't be in my top five, but it's like having to choose a top five reminded me of this one. Yeah. Um, random choice. Fucking um, Macaulay Culkin in... Um, my Girl? No. Um, in uh, Richie Rich. I don't know why. Richie Rich is like my favorite Macaulay Culkin movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he aside he from McDonald's in his house. Yeah, yeah. Aside from because um, he's in Uncle Buck. Yes, yeah. 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 He's in a I lot actually of seen a really cool video of John Candy reciting lines with rehearsing them. Yeah. Um, yeah, doing a run through with um, with Macaulay Culkin. Interesting. Pre Uncle Buck filming, so like like leading up to like, and so at the time, mm. so Uncle Buck came out before Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And some of the scenes in Home Alone were actually written into the script for Uncle Buck, and they actually like were like, "No, this might be better in this other movie, which I'm going to make soon." Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, this video of like a ninety-two or three, like um, f- behind the scenes of reciting lines with a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fucking. Um, Macaulay Cole. It'll be in the show notes. The yeah. Link, link yeah it's, it's just a random Instagram video. Someone just put it up. Someone that's got like access to archives. And I'm shit. sure it will be there somewhere. I'm sure if you search it, you can yeah. find it. Yeah. It's John pretty Candy's cool. He's got a pretty big following online. Yeah. A huge following. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising considering how long he's been dead. 94. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. But anyway, um, yeah. That's, so the top five is Terminator 2. Yep. Predator. Yep. Both solid picks. The third one was... Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. The fourth one was... Do you remember? The third one... The fourth one was Ghostbusters. Yeah, so the third one? I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's let's work back. Maybe if we remove the... The fifth one, one was Goodfellas. Yeah. So what were, was yeah. your third? I can't even remember my third... My fifth. My Goodfellas. like, Well, my third of five. That's what I'm saying. What was the third? You had Term- um, Terminator 2, yeah, yeah. Predator. Yeah, the solid choice. Ghostbusters and Goodfellas. What was your... There's another one in there. The audio listeners have us on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do my five and then you can see if you remember yours. Do it. So first up, Croupier. Mm-hmm. Directed by Mike Hodges, starring Clive Owen, Gina Davis. Haven't seen it. Oh my God, you have to watch it. It's $5 on iTunes. Yeah. Get it straight away. It's the role... You know how Eric Barner did Chopper and then every director in the world who saw that said, I want to make a movie with him? Yeah. That's why Clive Owen has a career. Okay. So he had been a stage actor up until that point. He still did TV and other stuff, but he was like touring Romeo and Juliet with the London with the London Shakespeare Company and all that stuff, which is where he met his wife. Okay. They played Romeo and Juliet on a tour of, of Europe. How incredible is that story? Yeah. Imagine they're like, hey, to meet your wife. And it's like, oh, Romeo and Juliet touring England, touring all of Europe with the fucking yeah. um, uh, Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh-huh. Fucking... Anyway, because and also you know Closer. Have you seen Closer? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so he played the Jude Law character on stage. Yep. And then in the film, played the older guy because it was years later, which is interesting. Uh, The character he plays in Croupier is not dissimilar. I feel like the person who wrote that film saw him play the Jude Law character on stage of Closer. Yeah. You'll see what I mean when you watch it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What was that other one I recommended you to watch recently? Um. You wrote it down. No, anime one or... 
No, there was another one. Your name was the one, the anime Oh, yeah, one. no, that was the anime. There was another one before that. Yeah. Anyway, um, you wrote it down. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, first one, Croupier. Second one, Basquiat. Directed by Julian Schnabel, starring Jeffrey Wright and Benicio Del Toro and uh, Michael someone, Michael Wincott. Uh, who else is in that? Internal really Affairs. Internal. Infer- Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Yeah. Not in my top five, but Oops. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe my favorite Hong Kong action thriller. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we got Croupier, we got Basquiat. Yeah. Third one, we're going to go French. Jean et le garçon formidable, which is Jean and the, and the perfect guy. Okay. Uh, starring Virginie Ledoyen, um, a bunch of people. It's, I won't, any, no spoilers for that, but anyone who likes the other two movies, if you haven't seen Croupier and Basquiat and you go watch them, Basquiat, I think you can just find on YouTube. It's impossible to get anywhere else. Um, third one, the French one. Fourth one. It's hard choosing, isn't it? Because there's so many movies. It is hard, yeah. But I'm going to go Code 46. Okay. Which stars Tim Robbins and um, what's her name? I can't remember, but it's directed by Michael Winterbottom. Okay. Really, really great film. And then fifth, I'm going to wrap it out with... Um, I would. I, I sometimes used to say The Wings of Honomese, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say Tierra which is a Spanish film directed by Julio Medem, which was going to be starring uh, Antonio Banderas, but he got all the Desperado films and all that stuff. And so he's over in America. Right. And so it stars a bunch of other people. But if you haven't heard of Julio Medem, his films are nuts. Yep. You might've heard you, some of them are up on SBS on demand sometimes like sex and Lucia and um, lovers of the Arctic circle. Um, there's, he's just underrated a, SBS on demand. Oh, there's so the films on there. If you go yeah. on there, like this is maybe the best streaming service around. It's fucking incredible. Mm. It's got so much good stuff up there and stuff that isn't available anywhere else. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So Tierra, Jean and the perfect guy, Croupier, Basquiat and code 46. Mm-hmm. And it's hard leaving out an edit of Kill Bill one and two into the one film. Oh yeah. Cause that, but I almost put Tarantino to the side and go, I don't even put him in my list because everyone knows about him already. That that's why Goodfellas didn't come to mind straight away because it's too good. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was. It's still one of my favorite comedies. Yeah, but people know about it already, so recommending that is hard because yeah. it's like, oh, I recommend you read the Bible or why don't you breathe some air, mm. have a good lungful of the old you air, and they're it. like, yeah, dude, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, favorite scene in a movie? I'll tell you mine. Yeah. Um, oh, Uncle Buck was your third movie. Third, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another reason why I didn't mention it off the top of my head. It's yeah. uh, Uncle Buck and John John Candy movies in general, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, That's yeah. why I didn't order. Why so I didn't mention cool Runnings. That's why I didn't mention Cool Runnings yeah. or Planes, Trains because, like, Uncle Buck's my favorite John Candy film. So I just figured that if you like that, then it's recommended yeah. for the rest. Um. So the f- there's two great scenes. Short, um, one, Teen Wolf. Oh, the bathroom scene. Bathroom Dad, scene. Dad, don't come in. Of course, that's the only good scene in that film. In retrospect, that's that's it. Um, and but all in all, my favorite scene, which is also my favorite non, um, like my favorite extra delivering a line scene in a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, would have to be, I think it's, it's, it's a Tarantino reservoir dogs. Yes. Guy, cops walk into the bathroom. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Buddy, I'm going to shoot you in the face. 
if you don't put your hands on that dashboard. Yeah. That's my favourite scene. That's a great movie. That little whole vignette of him learning all his lines and all that, the fact that Tarantino was able to put in in his first ever film. Yep. If you're not a good actor, you're a bad actor. And bad acting is some bullshit. Yeah, in yeah. In that movie, in his first movie, like yeah. you got to learn your lines. You got to, you know, you got to feel anyway. That whole bit where he's kind of teaching people how to act within yeah. his first ever film is just so, so, so good, so incredible. Um, my favorite cameo yep. of Tarantino in a film is in Death Proof when he's the bartender. You like that more than when he's in Desperado when he's telling the pissing in the glass scene? Story? Yep. Yeah. Do you know why? Better I'm than f- in Pulp Fiction when he's playing the fucking, um, is there a sign out in the yard? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Do you know why? Because I'm a fucking bartender. And- I do love Death Proof. That's maybe my, I mean, I love Kill Bill more because yeah. it's so big, but it's my second favorite Tarantino film. Yeah. Death Proof, um, Tarantino's part in that is good to me because... It is one of the two components that makes a perfect bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perfect bartender, if I was to describe, would be a hybrid between Tarantino and Death Proof, can serve people, doesn't take shit, and then at the end of the day can pour around a shot and sit down with everyone and, and do them. The and other- if you didn't know he was the director, you wouldn't think he is. No. You'd be like, who's this cool, weird actor playing the... Dos chartreuse, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's one part of a perfect bartender. The other part yep. is most is like from The Simpsons. You need to be part... Um, if you want to beat up my friend in my bar, that's a two-drink minimal. You need... Yeah. It, yeah. Um, so just quickly, favourite line of Tarantino in Death Proof? Um, yeah, I don't know. My favourite is like, Hey, Warren, who's this guy? He's like, it's not man Mike. Who's Stuntman Mike? He's a stuntman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, boom, boom, that's, boom. That's a great line, yeah. That's so good. It's yeah. so, I know that movie off the bat. Yeah, word for word. I, I know a few movies word for word. That's not one of them, obviously. Um, But yeah, I I just love Goodfellas and, and Uncle Buck so much. I know yeah. fucking every word. It is crazy how Tarantino, how like Death Proof is so underrated. Yeah. Like she comes out and she goes... He's got a copy of Italian Vogue. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. they sell Italian Vogue? He's like, no, it's his own personal copy. He'll let it go for $17. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? What we're is gonna, that? We're going to go in thirds. Are you in? Yeah. What? Uh, incredible. Incredible. The yeah. whole thing. And that fucking dialogue with Kurt Russell on the fucking veranda. Yeah. When she's like, have you been following us? He's like, hey, look. <laughs> And he gets real, real Kurt Russell. Yeah. And he's like, I ain't stalking you. That don't mean I ain't a wolf or whatever the word. That's not word yeah. for word. But yeah. It don't mean I'm not a wolf. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. Where she's like, is that your car scare me? I say, it's my mom's car. All those like that whole dialogue and stuff. That's, that's like. Yeah. It's like, I have to rewatch that movie. Oh, dude, watch it. Everyone who's listening to this, watch Death Proof, the full long version, not the fucking weird edit they put together in that double feature thing. Yeah. He got fucked so hard by the fact that they cut Kill Bill in half yeah putting the spoiler at the end of the first one so the end of the second film doesn't have any gut punch mm. I've shown people that film the three and a half hour version mm. 
or 327 because I do my own edits of movies and I've cut out the spoiler bit which was never meant to be in the film and you can tell because that whole section reuses music which is in a different part of the film right so there's no way that he would reuse music so that obviously you just cut it as soon as she slams the door Mm. on Sophie the boot the car boot on Sophie and then you cut to part 6 Massacre at Two or Chapter 6 Massacre at um, Two Pines or whatever yeah that's the immediate cut no one knows that's a cut right I've shown people that they go when's what happens in part 2 I'm like you just watched part 1 and part 2 that's one movie it flows so smooth and then when fucking the daughter is like bang bang when she walks in the door and you don't know she's still alive after three and a half hours yeah that's the best reveal that's meant to be in any movie in history yeah controversial take that's the worst I'm not going to say it I'm not going to say it <laughs> fuck you no no I'm not going to say it say it I'll tell you after <laughs> that's no that's an extra I can't say that okay it's, yeah, it's not yeah. it's not it's not it's not YouTube ready it's not YouTube um, ready but yeah but yes that fucking at the end yeah yeah I I think that so I seen um, I was watching a movie recently that I watched when it came out on tv like yeah. i never what never owned it yeah i just watched it whenever it was on tv yeah and i actually watched it on like a streaming service and it was the full version what movie um i'm trying to remember it was but it just made so much more sense because they didn't have as many deleted scenes oh um i can't remember what it was we're chatting i was chatting to someone at work about it and they were like oh yeah well didn't you know that and i'm like until recently i didn't Something another. While I think of that, the another movie that did that was I rewatched Terminator Two. Yeah. When it came out on Blu-ray. Yes. Because before that, do you know how I used to consume that movie? How? I recorded it off TV and oh, took yeah, that's out how the we ads. We used to do for everything. Yeah. On I, VHS. We still have. My dad used to have a really expensive Sanyo when Sanyo was a real company. He paid like twelve hundred dollars for this VHS player, and we recorded everything off TV. And it looked better than if you would fucking buy the versions. Yeah, yeah. And we just had fucking three hundred VHS. You have to have a good aerial. <laughs> oh, yeah, a beast of an aerial. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, I recorded that. I've actually still have. You know, do you remember a show, a movie called The Monsters? With like, they had like a the dad was a Frankenstein, I know the, monsters, the, yeah, the yeah, mum yeah. was a vampire. Yeah, yeah. They had a Christmas special called "The Monsters Scary Little Christmas." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I recorded that, but it was after my bedtime. <laughs> so this is in the like, ads are still in, and the ads are still in it. Yeah, and there is an ad there for the new iMac. Yeah, and it is a fucking computer screen all in one oh but it's a whole it's like a crt crt all in one crt all in ones are insane and it was like five four or five grand yeah 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 and i was like fuck yeah yeah our school had 12 of those in a room yeah because though the school's got discounts though they didn't pay four or five grand they had that docket okay remember you collect your dockets for mac computers right i didn't know that apple did this massive thing in australia where if you brought in your coles shopping receipts yeah and you, they would take off a percentage of the price huh. for every one of those. And every kid at school for like a year was collecting these receipts with Coles. And that's how all those computer rooms at schools had Macs in them. Because huh. they had massive discounts. And that was one of the penetration points because they did that all everywhere. They did that everywhere. And yeah. they put Mac computers into schools. Huh. 
Interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's wrap it up, man. I'm I'm uh, happy with that. I hope everyone enjoys the second part of this, which is audio only. Yep. Is this going to be a two-parter or a long episode? Can we make it a long episode? It's I a love long. A lo- I love a, a long episode. It's a long episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, no. Just like in Tarantino movies, you can't really clip that at any point. Yeah. You it's can't. an entire How piece. Could you? How could you? How could you clip this? Yeah. Um, Check out the YouTube. Check out everything. Yeah, the, the, the play next for this is Chris's special. Um, and he's also, I'll have a tile there for his YouTube channel. And they, definitely subscribe because the new one's coming out in a few weeks. The new well. one's coming out, yeah. yeah. So enjoy that. Um, and you know who I am. If you're already <laughs> listening to this episode, you found me. And hey, if you're listening to this episode and you don't know who Marky is... Mm. Too bad. He probably doesn't want you finding out. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you if you couldn't find me through my media. Yeah, if you can't find me through me. Yeah. Then we're done. Yeah, it's that's the that's the end that's the end of your discovery that's my period. Favorite ever heckle put down ever. Stuart Lee talking to someone complaining about the show being bad or something. He's like, I'm not sure what to tell you. You're talking about me to me. And I am me. <laughs> <laughs> just the way the whole crowd just dying he's like i've already written the show i can't change it this is is it this is i'm sorry you're not enjoying it but this is i've already written all the things on even yeah just just so so funny sometimes a hacker would just lead to like the best thing you ever said on stage yeah um but yeah all right thanks everyone for tuning in and um we'll catch you next time welcome into the 2023 2023 cheers don't buy me a drink just name names yeah right big tone you'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy disk yeah, all day make people feel shame for shit all day <laughs> don't blow don't it into a hard drive yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we're here to keep it simple count your money that they're not proud of just give me 10 bucks hey right.